welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good afternoon. How's it going? I uh, can't complain. Uh, we are starting... Even if you could, actually, nobody would listen to you. Uh, well, I mean, I imagine there's people <laughs> listening to the podcast. No, you'd be forced to listen to me twice. Uh, just like my wife, I tune you out. Once right now, <laughs> and once while you're editing. At again. least twice. Once again, I, after a while, I just tune you out. Alright, well, let, let's start complaining then. So, um, it sure is cold out here, isn't it? <laughs> Great talk. So, <laughs> today's podcast it is, a bit is chilly, though. It, it is very like obnoxiously cold. It's not obnoxiously cold. It's what? How much time have you spent outside today? Quite a bit, actually. Really? Doing uh, what? I had to go clean the backyard. Uh huh. Well, I was gonna go put my uh, I, cover back on my smoker, but the wind kept trying to take my smoker for uh, kite lesson. The morning was actually nice until yeah. like mid afternoon, and then suddenly it just the, got the, frigid. Well, not just that; the wind blew in something. Yes. It's just, it got cold. All yes, of a it did. It was it was like, gross. Out like I was here. gonna say it wasn't that bad when I was outside. Right. I had to pick up some stuff like my cast off wood bags got thrown around the yard because of the wind, so I had to go pick those up to throw them yep. away. And sure enough. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then about, I don't know, 1 o'clock, I had to go get something from outside. And I'm like, nope. I'm going back in and dealing with that later. That's right. <laughs> well, this year, this is a brand, this is our first podcast of the year, 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year's to ever, all of our listeners. If you're listening to this later on, what, whatever time it is, Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, this is our first recording of 2023. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, as you said, January 3rd. This is a brand new, exciting uh, year in gaming. Last year was an awesome year in gaming. Oh, man. It was great. Uh, from literally zero to 60 for us because we went from 2020 and 2021 yes. playing a handful of games. 2020, really nothing, mostly online right. and stuff like that. I think I got 50 games played in 2020. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. In yeah. uh, 2020, well, I got a lot of Jaws of the Lion with the wife. Sure. Um, in 2021, I didn't really... I actually missed my 100 games that I wanted to play. This year, however, wow. Yeah. We're, wow. We, so we had gaming goals. We talked about this last uh, yeah. episode. We made uh, gaming goals for the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we normally like to do that. But around the beginning of the year, we have like a few set episodes. Yeah. We like to talk about um, our anticipated games that's normally around march time yeah uh, Gamma. we do the revisiting at the end of the year yep the and, revisiting and then we also talk about um our gaming goals it's kind of like new year's resolutions, resolutions in a sense yeah yeah except they're gaming related of course and unlike gaming or new new year's resolutions mm-hmm. which are normally just like one maybe two we do eight we do eight because that's on brand so don't expect us to get all of them. Yeah. But I'm already making my list. I've already started on some of my challenges. You know one of them because you helped me set up a challenge on oh, my yeah, phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I already have one of my done already, ready. But yeah. that was one of One the of your ones. challenges are already complete? No. This is the third. No, 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 no. I, I got it started. Oh, okay. Um, you, we were talking about it yesterday when we were playing yep. some games. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I helped you set up yours. I showed you mine. That's right. So <laughs> That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. We're talking about 
games, <laughs> gaming resolutions. But this episode is going to be one of our reaction episodes or one of our uh, response videos to one that we have already done. Yeah, we our, filmed that one back in either, I think it was either March or April. It's right after yes. we got back from Gamma. Yeah, as I said earlier, we like to, uh, around March, we like to go for our most anticipated games of the year. And this one we spent last week after the podcast was done filming and we watched the episode so we can get the list ready because honestly and, neither uh, one of us could remember no we couldn't remember <laughs> although unlike the year before i i do remember only about half of the games came out yeah, the year exactly. before this one actually a lot of them came out yeah i had played all but two of them technically let's see uh one didn't arrive and i haven't played uh two of them that's right so Talk about anticipated. We got a lot of them played. We're excited for those. We'll talk about those in more detail here later on in the episode. Real quick before we get started, I just want to point out these two cards right here that I'm holding. Daniel is oogling at these going, ooh, ooh, what's that? No, that no, is a no, total no, lie. No. Nope. I, I compared that to like 70s wallpaper. <laughs> it, it really kind of is. For the viewers at home, there's the glare. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a graphic designer. I get it. This is called Magic Carpet Ride. And this one is called uh, Let That Sink In. Again, sorry to see on the podcast, but there you go. So what these are... Same with our lighting. I wanted to talk about these just real quick, and I, I'm going to explain this even more detail next episode, and there's a reason for that. But So a little bit of a preview to next episode. But this, what these are is these are one-card board games. Okay, The entire rules and play area is contained on these cards. Now, of course, they might use some smaller components from elsewhere, common components that you might mm -hmm. need. The reason I'm saying this right now is because as we're filming it right now, there's a contest on thegamecrafter.com. And it's going to be the submissions end in about uh, four or five days, after which, if you have a thegamecrafter.com account, you can go and vote for these. And potentially, if, if you think they make sense, as a game, there is a contest there that I have entered both of these games into. This one is a simple cooperative party game where you're trying to judge people's reactions on surprising facts. It, the closer you are, the more points it's worth, but it also depends on what range you're willing to bet on. Okay. So, obviously, if it's a range of three different points, it's like, eh, I generally don't think they'll find that interesting, or it's about midway, one point. But if you guess the exact number from a 1 to 5 scale, get her on three points. Cool. Same. Cooperative party game. And this one is a team game, where it's kind of like horse, except it's a dexterity game using this one card. Magic Carpet Ride is quite simple. Between all all of the players, teams of two to four each, you hold it like this. Right, helping me out with the demonstration, Daniel? Hold it on your fingertips, balancing, and you place an object on top, like a pen, for example. You have to get it from point A to point B without dropping the object or the card. <laughs> the team that does it the fastest gets the point, first to three points wins. That's how you play it. It's a silly game. I did get a chance to actually play this with a, uh, a friend on a previous game day, and we were just giggling like crazy. It was so dumb, um, but it was absolutely a riot. I wouldn't expect it yeah. from your games. I mean, it's a one-card game. <laughs> Theoretically, you could buy multiple copies and then just use them. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to explain why I'm why that matters more. But again, thegamecrafter.com, if you want to support the podcast and support my endeavors... Those are on the contest, so please. And also, um, any games that are not under contract, you can pick them up on the Game Crafter as well. Yes, that's right. So uh, if you go to thegamecrafter.com, search Daniel McKinley Games, uh, like 
Hit Me, my my original version of Hit Me is on it, uh, Excavate Light, and a whole slew of other games. You can uh, potentially buy those too. So mm-hmm. thank you for that extra shout out. Yep. But now going into the actual podcast, and I promise I'll put those away now. What have you been playing lately, Daniel? A lot. A lot, a lot, a yes. lot. Last time we got together was on last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Between the Wednesday, the Saturday, and, well, and I think like a Thursday or something like that. And then yesterday, I've played a lot of games. I only get to talk about four of them. How many games did you play in those past days? Well, let me check. I have my stats right here, because I'm a nerd, and keep my stats. That's I right. play... <laughs> Remember, friends, keep your stats. I've played, let's see, four... Ten different games, one game three different times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I'm curious to see how many I did. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen games, but there are some repeats. Uh, yeah. I, sixteen and a half games. Okay, like I said, I played uh, ten different games, one of them three times. Um, in fact, it's going to be the first game I'm going to talk about, the mm. one that I played three times. Uh, we went yesterday to our friend's house. We mentioned him before on the podcast, our mutual friend Dom. Mm-hmm. And he had a game day. Well, while we were waiting for other people, we were playing Unmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, we played three different sets. We played both the Marvel sets, Hit Row and Hell's Kitchen. I played the... Who was it in the... I played Luke Cage in the uh, hit, uh, Redemption Row. And I played Bullseye in the uh, Hell's Kitchen. Both phenomenal. I really love the Marvel sets that they've done. They're really cool. They play really different. Bullseye, I think, is a very powerful character in this one. Because if you're not familiar with Unmatched, you're playing cards, you're attacking, you're battling either on teams or now because of the new Marvel set where it's a winner-take-all, it's a three-player action. Uh, So you, it's basically winner-take-all with three players. With Bullseye... He allows you, um, oh, also with Unmatched, that you have your melee attackers, which means you have to follow basically adjacency. Um, you have to be in a space that's adjacent, following the lines, and you can attack another player. Range follows something suit like that, except for if they're in your territory. So there's little colors on the board that can be split two ways, one way, three ways. And it's telling you if they're anywhere in this area that matches one of the things that you're sitting on, you can hit them. Bullseye ignores that. As long as they're five spaces away from you, you could hit them. So he's all about, I'm going to go way over here, I'm going to smack you, and then I'm going to run back this way some more. <laughs> and so it was a great time. And I had a great time playing just those two versions. But then one of his other friends came in so we could play teams because we were waiting for more stuff to come in. You, for one. We were thinking our mutual friend Gamehead Geek was going to make it, but he never was able to. Yeah. So we played a four-player game, which means you got to play on teams. So the people who are sitting across from each other just played on teams. This way it goes one, two, three, four type thing. Which makes sense. And our mutual friend Dom has the new set, Houdini versus the Genie. Which uh, I do want to play. Yeah. Uh, he I'm played Houdini, much... which is pretty cool. There's one <laughs> card in Houdini's deck that's amazing because Houdini's known as the, an escape artist. Right. So if you Busy. if you hit him down to his last hit points and he plays that card, he escapes from the death blow, goes back up to four health, and puts himself like basically on the other side of the board. The genie, however, you forgot the coin, didn't you? I think I have it. I just don't want to make too much noise while you're talking. Uh, the genie, however, he's all about drawing cards and manipulating cards and stuff like that. So 
the very first action I did in that game actually won us the game. Genie has three cards in the deck. It's called Three Wishes. Mm-hmm. So you play the card, and there's a couple extra stuff at the be- that you can do. Is like you can um, gain an extra action or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the main part of it is. But the three wishes are you either uh, draw five cards. You um, I honestly don't remember the second part because the third part was actually what won us the game. And I only got to use one of these cards. And the card I made happen is I made the opposing players discard two cards. Yeah, which is really brutal. <laughs> it's really brutal, yeah. Especially when, like, uh, uh, one of the guys was playing uh, Ghost Rider. He's all about trying to get cards in his hands where he can use his Hellfire. Well, once he couldn't draw up, he had empty cards. He could not defend against any attacks, and he just got demolished because he was forced cards out. And so the same thing with Houdini. He got uh, he just couldn't catch up with me because I'm constantly drawing cards as the genie. Which means I more than likely have shield cards in my hand. There was one shield card that's like, hey, you don't take any damage, but you can draw this many cards. Or you take damage, but you can draw this many cards per damage. Another story I have to say about on the match, though. In the first game, the third player won because me and my mutual friend took each other out. Um, He hit me for my health, and my card said that he had to take equal damage to what he gave me. So we ended up killing each other. Wow. (laughs) So... Unmatched was my uh, game, my first game. We played three different versions of it. I played three different characters. By far, one of my favorites now is Bullseye and Genie. Yeah. I mean, I have a. The way you were describing it, Harry Houdini actually sounds like a really fun character. Because basically, you know, he has a chance of just regenerating himself after he dies. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. He's I mean, an escape artist, so you didn't, yep. you didn't deal the final blow. You just dealed it on the dummy that took his place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait. You didn't use Stooges. What is this? That you know of. That you know of. Anyway, the first one I've been playing is... This is worth celebrating. You ready? You ready? The first game I've been playing? Time Stories. (laughs) It finally happened. We did it. Seven years. Seven stinking years. We finished did it within the end of the year, which was one of your resolutions. We did it two days. Yeah, we (laughs) did it the day before Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve. Yes, New Year's Eve. (laughs) I'm just excited about the idea that well, we finished Time Stories. The last time we had played it prior to that was March of 2020. That one chapter we've been sitting on for at least three years. How many times did you have to reset? Or do the round. <coughs> we I lost count. <laughs> <laughs> but you were just, I'm get, this is getting done. No, because I don't want to give spoilers, but there's a very specific thing that this game, or this chapter does. That's okay. unlike the rest. So you have to reset more often than others. Okay. So, but <coughs> what it does, I've heard a lot of people say that they really disliked the ending okay. on it. Like in... At a lot of the podcasts I've read, uh, or listened to, a lot of the reviews I've read, a lot of people disliked... Are you drinking anything over there? Cause no. <laughs> New Christmas Eve, right. podcasts you podcasts read. I've been reading. <laughs> I only listen to podcasts through written text. Only. <laughs> you do the transcripts, right. huh? I do the transcripts, that's right. Put it on mute, watch the YouTube video, read the <laughs> subtitles. That's the way to go. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, in Time Stories, though, a lot of people, a lot of reviewers said that they really disliked the ending. You know, non-spoiler versions. Um, honestly, I liked the ending. I thought it was cool. It, it did some neat stuff. I didn't like... that. My counter-argument 
it, the ending was great, actually. It, it was pretty neat. There was one other thing that we could have done, technically, and we didn't play it technically the exact same way, but we were making sure that we were finishing it that week. Yeah, I don't blame you. However, um, the way that that chapter approaches the new mechanism, because there's a new mechanism in every chapter or mm-hmm. every expansion, um, the way that it did this, I can totally understand why a lot of people were frustrated from it. As a sound panel threw, threw itself at me, it must have played the last chapter too and was equally frustrated. Because I get why it was, it was frustrating and what I was telling you about why we had to reset a little more than often. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. I would say if you have any expectations going into it, what you should do is you should know that if you're going to play Time Stories and you're going to play that last chapter... Know that it's a much longer chapter than the others. Okay. That if you go into that knowing, like, like let's say I'm about to play a game and I think it's going to take an hour and it takes four hours, it's overstaying its welcome. For Very sure. Very much so. But if if I go into it thinking, oh, this is going to be like an eight-hour game and it only takes four or five, then okay, it's actually excelled my expectations. Go into it expecting a really long chapter. Okay. And and one that you would that even like normal sessions. As you stop after certain resets, it yeah you'll it'll take much longer than the rest, which is why it took us so long to end up playing three years. What no, that's <laughs> it won't, your your times will vary, but it took us that. But we finally finished it. That's awesome. Which was cool. awesome, and I am very happy. It was bittersweet in a way. Um, we all just kind of like wow, like this was this was something, wasn't it? Like it was a cool ending, and. We were like, wow, okay, so it's time for us to end it and uh, be done with that chapter, and we did. Hmm. It was cool. I liked it. I would give it a review. Um, now that I've completed all of the campaign of it. Okay. Um, Which we don't really put out numbers. But no, we don't put out numbers. I, what I'm saying is that I, I used to love Time Stories. It used to be one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. And then when the chapters like kind of started taking a slump, yeah. like that, that a lot of reviewers will agree with, it, it did drop in my list. Mm-hmm. But now I think it jumped way it's up. It's back up again. Yeah, yeah. I or really could it be just because it. of the glow of finally being able to finish it? It could be. That, that, <laughs> that is very realistic. So again, your results may vary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I really liked it. I am very happy that I have played it. It is probably now my third favorite legacy game that I've played. Uh, I'm gonna say if you count it as a legacy game, Pandemic uh, Legacy Season One is still your favorite. Number one, Charterstone Two. Nope. No. Okay. That would be probably number four. Oh, Betrayal Legacy is Betrayal Legacy is number two, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. Betrayal Legacy was really good. Yeah. So there you go. Time stories. That's what I've been playing. All right. The next game I'm going to talk about. Speaking of overstaying, it's welcome. My talking, sir. That was rude. <laughs> No, this game uh, that I'm Why did you about. look at me when you say, talk about overstaying its welcome? <laughs> so, the game I'm going to talk about, uh, we played this last Wednesday. It was our friend's pick that week. Yes. Uh, and it's a fine game. I, I enjoyed I it I know from what talk it about. was, and it's called Dinogenics. Is this yep. on your list as well? It's not on my okay. list. Um, because it overstayed its, its welcome. welcome. Now, if, if it was if, half if it, of the length, it would have been on my yeah, list. If it, was, it was a fine game. I, mm-hmm. I I want to talk about the games I played, whether they're good or bad. That's what people get an understanding. Right. And I'm not saying Dino Phoenix was a bad game. It was a fine game. If I had to give it a 1 through 10, it would probably be a 6 for me. 
Okay. Uh, it, it, what, I love worker placement, and that's what it did. It just it had a lot of moving parts. Like, yeah, we're putting the dinosaur. Then we got to deal with like the newsroom. Oh, we're throwing slander or scandal at other people, yep. uh, or by playing certain cards. Like, I threw scandal at you guys. Yeah. Um, they had a little fun. like the take that aspects of it. Like one of them was pretty cool. The Gert, the goat herder, what I played, right. where I took goats away from everybody, and then I paid you goats to make sure I go first on the track. Right. That that was fine. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. But some of the stuff was really really cool. Like I said, I like the animal thing. I like the the you have to turn in the cards, the set collection to get the animals out there. I love the expansion that allowed you to go after like the aquarium animals. Yeah. The that sort of stuff. That was really good. Um, the the worker placement spot where you could do two different actions at that, including the same one by getting something into your park, getting something into uh, like buying an animal for cheaper. Like a plesiosaur is worth two less right. if you get it at the first spot, or you could sell an animal to get money for you can use for other stuff like getting goats. All that was great. However, it plays in too many rounds. Honestly, I think if it was like one round or two rounds less. Yep. It would have been fine. Um, I like the engine building aspect that it does. I like how you're trying to set your animals in the right spot, getting your fences up, getting the right kind of animals, the bonuses that they can give you. Or if you have carnivals, you got to make carnivores. You have to make sure you've got to feed them properly. Yep. That's what the goats are for. Or um, somehow an animal disappears. <laughs> kind of dungeon pets-esque. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a good game. But my God, was it long! And it's just like after the third round, both you and me are like, we're not, we're not catching up to our mutual right. friend. Because our mutual friend, he, like, and now that doesn't always kill a game. For yeah, us, it, it doesn't. But, but this one, but it just kind of that does take you out of it. Yeah. And when it's just like it's so clearly obvious that he's gonna win, and you're just like, well, you know, no matter what I do, I could play absolutely optimally. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to catch up to your score. And, and the big thing about it is it's a, it's it's at its heart an engine builder type game. Yes. And for me, my uh, engine was really great at the beginning. And then it went right. like the old 1980s Toyotas and it started sputtering towards the end of the game. Right. And so, see me, I, I started off really poorly. You had a jalopy. And but, then, went... <laughs> but then I, I ramped up and I... You know, if it was one round longer, I might have been able to catch up. Yeah. But realistically, I didn't want it to go another round. It wasn't as bad as, like, say, something like Endless Winter where we just got manhandled. But this one yeah, was... Yeah, it wasn't pleasant, it, though. It wasn't pleasant. And then, in fact, after, like, the fourth or fifth round, you and me were just kind of done with it. Yeah. We were just going through the motions. To the point, my favorite dinosaur is a stegosaur. The, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to catch up with him. You're going to surpass right. me. You know what? I don't care. My whole thing now is just to get a stegosaurus, be the right. only one with a stegosaurus in my uh, zoo right. or, or park. And so for like the last three rounds, that's all I was building up for. I was taking Scandal because I had a thing that helped me with Scandal anyways. I was taking Scandal to get the stegosauruses out of the, the barnyard right. or whatever it was called. And that's all I was doing the last three rounds. I ended up losing by like 20 points. Uh, I was 20 points out of second place in a three-player yeah. game. So yeah, it was fine. It wasn't great. If you like it, I'm glad you guys like yeah, it. Yeah, we get I, why you like yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a good game, but I'd rather play Dinosaur Island or Dinosaur World. Right. Dinogenics wasn't bad. Yeah. It just wasn't my thing. Here's my counter to it, and I told this to our mutual friend, and mm -hmm. this was the only my only real argument against it, other than it, it stayed, overstated welcome. The, the fact that since you're drawing cards, yes, there's ways to mitigate it, yes, but, but let me just throw a hypothetical out there. Um 
you, know, you score your that... you score your dinosaur points every turn. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you have what it takes to build a brontosaurus on that first round, that's five points every round. That is a guaranteed thirty-five points, and that would be. Uh, and now I know it's rare, yeah. but imagine if one person drew all four cards that they needed, uh, or even, one shy and it was yeah, available. Yeah, all you had to buy, and it yeah. was like in the cell yard. And everyone else had random and had to work towards those mm-hmm. cards. Because there was, I think the first round, you or maybe even two. You and me both had two pterodactyls, and we couldn't get the third one. And then the yeah, pterodactyls then the, needed a special uh, a building that, a never building came, that up. Ne- it came up once. Yes. And then by the time I had enough to get a pterodactyl out, it was like three stacks yes. down, so I couldn't get yeah. to the building. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of little fiddlies that mm-hmm. that caused that problem. I just don't like that the super random of it. Mm-hmm. Especially like, at the start of the game. Yeah, but now to say, and on a high note though, the, the market, the way that that was working, how it cool. pushed off the older ones, like that. A lot of the thematic stuff, making mutant dinosaurs, like that a lot. That's cool. That was cool. Yeah. The the backs of the square cards, your specialists that you can have in the expansion, are those are gorgeous. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so there's a lot to like about this game, and I am very glad that I played it. Like, yeah, same here. But uh, I but it really was too odd, long for what just, it wanted to be. Let's put it this way: um, if it goes back on the Kickstarter, I'm not going to back it because nope. it just it, I did enjoy it. My friend has it. If he says, "Hey, I've been itching to want to play this again," and it's his week to pick. I'll play it gladly. Right. I'll have fun with it. I just know I am just not going to We will not volunteer yeah. to, to play it again. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to play it. Right. All right. My number two is a game that you showed me. In fact, last week, right after the podcast, <laughs> you showed it to me. That's Final Girl. We I finally played it. I had a lot of catching up to do where, where I played games I've been meaning to play, and yeah. I've been playing them over this week. Uh, Final Girl is the one that, that I want to talk about. I played... Um, Basically, like this giant murderous killer guy was chasing Hans. after me. I was really close to winning, mm-hmm. except when I died, I flipped over that last heart token. I died because it was blank, and you're like, "Well, I was like, oh, if I could have gone one more round, I would have been able to take him out." And you're like, "Yeah, but," and then flipped over token, two more hearts. Like, <laughs> all right, fine, maybe I wouldn't have. And so. I'm going to compare this to Hostage Negotiator. That's because a good, that's fair comparison. I used to play Hostage Negotiator, and in fact, I still own it. Um, does this replace it for me? Probably. Um, I am still looking to buy a copy of this because I like the theme more. Mm-hmm. Hostage Negotiator is a very dark theme. Um, especially being a teacher, one of the scenarios is like a teacher holding her students hostage that's a scary theme yeah like and that that hits a little too home for me yeah um everything else i don't care like it's it's fine like you know the the guy going postal whatever sure it's fine but i mean just that one it's like it's a little too close to home but you know that that's not a knock on the designers now the game itself uh final girl you pick a different horror theme trope or a different Mm -hmm. movie you play against that um, it is absolutely unrelentingly brutal. As, but, a, as a good solo should be. Yes. But it's actually better to manage in this one than in Hostage Negotiator. What I like about it is that you can mitigate a lot of stuff. Like, yes. if you roll a three and a four, you yeah. can discard cards to help you make those successes. Which I believe, and I might be wrong, but I think in Hostage Negotiator, it's just the four. Okay. Where one, two, three are blank. Yeah, and so and that's that's cool. Another yeah. thing is, like, if you get a, a special ability or right. an item card that says, you know what, or you used cards for it where three and fours are successes. Right. And and see, I also liked that um, 
there, there was a few different like categories. So Hostage Negotiator has like 15 or 16 different cards to choose from. Mm. But that's really all it is. It's not a board. Yeah. So this, they they kind of streamlined it in a way because mm. they have just a quite a bit fewer cards that you could choose from. Yeah. But you're basically just choose a different starting character ability and a different scenario. Yep. That's kind of what each of the packs do. Which, um, you know, I'd like a little bit more variability in the cards. I'm sure there is some in, in other expansions of it. Uh, maybe. But, I haven't... Uh, the only ones yeah. I played is the one you played in Poltergeist. So, right. so I didn't see anything different in there. Yeah, there's. There, I'm sure there's probably some differences. But the big thing about this game that I really did enjoy is that it wasn't done as soon as the threat cards were out. Yeah. That's the big thing in Hostage Nego- Negotiator. You're trying to save as many of the hostages as possible. Okay. So if you save more than half of them and that and the deck runs out, then you win. Okay. Whereas it's just a fine cut. Where this, it's either you die or you survive and kill the that kill one you were playing. for that scenario. Yeah. And now other scenarios are different, yeah. right? But that variability already is really cool. Yeah. So I didn't have any of the expansions for hostage negotiator, so I don't know. I don't know how okay. how different it is. Um, replay value, sure. It is very lucky. Well, yeah, it's dice. You're yeah. rolling by dice. You're rolling rolls. dice, which is a thing. You know, and, and, and that's fine. And it's, it's good, too, because uh, they have a lot of mitigation, right. too. It's one of... It is the most lucky of all of my solo games mm-hmm. that I s- still like as much as it is. Yeah, I get Because it, it really shouldn't... I shouldn't like it for how lucky it, it is. is. Yeah. But I do like it a lot because of how... How it well the theme is incorporated. So I mean AJ Porfiro and uh, I forget who the other designer is. I yeah. don't remember. They a phenomenal job, phenomenal job on it. Great production, great game. Highly recommend it if you like the theme or if you like solo games. That's one to check. And I also like the fact that like um, because I have the the box here, mm-hmm. you can take one villain and put it in a different scenario. So like you can take Hans and put him in Terran Maple Lanes, which is. Yep. The, the Freddy Krueger equivalent in that game. Uh, what is it? Uh, I forget what that guy's name is. Yeah, I forget too. Yeah, I don't have his name on there, huh? I'm that's right. Surprised. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> they have like the four there. Oh, Dr. Fright, that's who it is. Yes. Dr. Fright, and that's the Freddy Krueger equivalent. But you could take the Jason equivalent and put him on Nightmare on Elm Street. That's yes. pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> you could take, uh, there's actually a character called Lori. Which is based off the Halloween uh, character mm-hmm. that survives Halloween. So that that's really cool. I like the the, the little Easter eggs that yeah. are in there that I see because I watch a lot of that stuff. Yep. Yeah. It, well, and you keep saying it like I don't. I actually really like horror movies. <laughs> I don't like the modern crap that's coming out. That's the only argument I have. Some of it's not Some of it's bad. Not bad. Um, there was one that I just recently watched not too long ago. And I can't remember what it is called. But it's dealing with, like, these people are entering this one guy's house. Yeah. And he's deaf. Yes. Oh, uh, I think it's called, like, well, Silence or something like that. It was real. Oh, no, Don't Speak. That's what it's like, called. Like, the old horror movies were where it's at, though. Like, yeah. it, it didn't... I, I never liked movies that rely on jump scares, because mm-hmm. I, I don't consider that scary. Um, yeah. And, like, disaster movies, like, those aren't really horror movies. But, like, back in the old school, like, Halloween, for example, mm-hmm. you would just have, like... Slasherfic. Yes, you would just have like a scene where she's, you know, going about her day, closing cabinets, like, mm-hmm. and walks away, and it just waits a little bit too long on the door behind her, and you just see a figure come in, and then it cuts away. That's freaking terrifying. Oh, you don't need stuff. anything scarier than that. Jaws was legitimately like, 
unnerving the whole time. It, it's funny. It's not it, particularly scary, but it's just unnerving. Times, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. The, I, I remember... Um, I miss those. Steven movies. Spielberg just recently apologized for Jaws because of what it did to sharks in the wild and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it made them seem like they were cold-blooded killers, or really they're... But like, no, more I, I, people in the United or in the world get killed by soda machines falling on them <laughs> than shark sorry. attacks. Yeah, so I I get uh, I, that how you feel about horror films. I feel about the yeah. same way. I don't mind some of the newer stuff if you look for the really good stuff. Right. Yeah. There's uh, a few. Uh, don't breathe. I think is not. Don't speak. It's don't breathe. Is what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, that one's really good. Um, I didn't mind the first couple Conjurings. Those were pretty good. Mm. The first one was really good. The other, yeah. second one was eh. I didn't care for the conjurings myself, but like there was a movie that uh, Jordan Peele made. Um, don't speak was really good. That's the one. Uh, I, that, you might be is, thinking. I don't know which one you're thinking of because uh, he made three. Yeah, it, it's it's not Get Out. It's Don't Speak. Oh no, no. Get Out is the good one. That's the one I like. That's the first one. Yeah. No, the second one is the one I've seen. Okay, that and one, I did like it. That one's okay. I didn't like that yeah. one as much as I like Get Out. I want to see Get Out. I haven't seen it yet. The third one is it. Um, because I forget what the one you're talking about, but it's like where it's got like the body doubles. Yeah. Yeah, that one was not bad. Yeah. But there's anyway. good stuff over there. He actually, if I think remember correctly, he rebooted the Candyman series. And that one is really oh, good. Oh, I bet that would be that good. That was really good. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying though, is that I love the, like, yeah, it's campy, but that they took that. And it's very and the, nostalgic. And, and the thing like about it is, is like the first one of the slasher films, like before they became like the campy mm-hmm. series that they are. Right. All of them are really, really good. And then yes. they went campy. The very first Friday the 13th yes. was really Great good. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. The very first Halloween movie is still by far my favorite yep. horror movie of all time. Um, and then you got stuff like Freddy Krueger, but we're getting really off Yes, topic. we are. <laughs> yeah. So Final Girl, that was the second movie I played. Uh, so, second movie, second, second game, <laughs> I swear I'm not drunk. Uh, the third game I'm going to talk about is one I talked about a lot of times, so I'm not going to harp too much on it. Okay. But I just want to say, I played it uh, going into the new year. I think we played it the Friday before um, going into the new year, the 30th, I think it was. Okay. Um, and that is Gloomhaven. I actually played a little bit more. We took a little bit of no. break because we were actually playing from Jaws of the Lion, then straight back into Gloomhaven. Okay. So we had to take a bit of a break. We got kind of burnt out a little. Got back into it, and yeah, oh my god. It was so fun. Uh, we had a retirement. We yeah. had uh, uh, an ongoing quest for a retirement, because we're doing like the personal quest type thing for some retirements in the game. Mm-hmm. And so we're locked in, in that, and then there was a retirement. It's like, hmm. well then. But I'm having a blast. It's It's been really good. We've opened about... I want to say two thirds of the boxes. I think there's only about four or five still left that haven't been unlocked. We still haven't done the expansion, so yeah. So the reason why I bring this up is because we got our <laughs> friends into playing Jaws Online. They're just starting to play Gloomhaven now, and the whole thing is like we're gonna try to finish up together around the same time, and then when I get my Frosthaven in, we'll probably start the 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 campaign together. So yeah, makes sense. So it's been really good. Um, so that one is Gloomhaven. Like I said, I don't want to harp it too much because I talk about it at nauseum on yep. this podcast. But that's what we we're doing, and I wanted to talk about it because it's exciting that I got to play a game with my wife. And as you can see right above my head, someone uh, gave me a gift oh, about it. What do you know? That's kind of cool again. <laughs> um, the next one I wanted to talk about was a... It's a dexterity game? It's a coin pusher game called Kabuto Sumo. 
from... Oh, uh, yeah, you are talking about this. Yeah, it's from uh, All Play. Uh, used to be BoardGameTables.com, uh, which I, I'm so glad they changed that name. That's a terrible name. BoardGameTables.com uh, as I'm, the publisher. I'm not a fan of All Play, though. Uh, I It's better than BoardGameTables.com. Because yeah. you shouldn't have a .com in your... In yeah, your company yeah, I, name. I, I get that. I agree. Unless you're board exclusively game, just a website. A BoardGameTables.com was not a great yeah, name. No. All Play is not that much better. Right. <laughs> uh, but at least you're not buying a game that has to do with tables. Like, that was my biggest concern. It's like, yeah, they sell board game tables. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, there's some And also bags. Too. And bags and games and everything else get, except I, for tables. I get why they went with all play. It's just it's, yes. I don't like it. It's the same. Like, it's I generic. I understand why like uh, Coleman or not went to keep Simon. Come on, or whatever it is. It just it doesn't sound good. I noticed all play actually sponsored um, a dice tower episode the other day, mm-hmm. and they v- did it very subtly. And, uh, of course, it was on the playmat, right? Which yeah, yeah. is fine. But it was an unboxing video, and I was watching it today. And at the end of the video, he was he was talking about, yeah, these are really great games to get and all this, as he's loading it into one of their bags, <laughs> all of the games that they unboxed, and he put it in and zipped it up, and that was the end of the video. Yeah. It's like, wow. Subtle. Yeah. Subtle. No, dice but, which, all play, you know, we love you guys. If you want to sponsor, we like, like we your really stuff. do love your we stuff. Really, I have a bag. It's like right behind me right yeah. over here. Yeah, it really is actually. Uh, but if you want to sponsor us, let, let us know. Oh, we'll, we'll gladly just we'll spend all day just like you know ASMR, just like sliding these games into the bag like for episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not shameless self promotion. I will do it. I'll just come <laughs> over to your house and just sit here on a Twitch stream, just putting games in and out of the bag like all time, <laughs> just looking awkwardly at the camera. Yeah, uh, no, I, I don't get me. I'll play. That's my challenge to you. Anyway, my number three, Kabuto Sumo. Um, it was a really cool little dexterity game. You each get your own little character um, that has an ability, but really your goal in this game is to push the other piece, the other wooden piece off of mm-hmm. the, the platform. Hence the name. Hence the name. Um, I don't remember the names of the characters, but uh, the player I was playing against, he had one where there's like these wooden star tokens that you could slide on and, and you can push in like one to four of them or something. Okay. Depending on what ability he uses. Uh, mine was a walking stick bug. So I had a big walking stick. And so I got to push that onto the field. And um, <clears throat> as long as I was there, I got to take tokens from him and steal them from him. So if he had bigger tokens, I could just start taking those from him. Nice. And so basically you slide a coin or like big wooden tokens onto it. There's a small, medium, and large size. Anything that fall off, those go into your supply. Um, we did technically finagle it because... Uh, one of the rules is that if you don't have any pieces to place mm-hmm. or to slide onto the board, you lose at yeah. the start of your turn. Well, he had, he started with two tokens. We start with two tokens each. Yeah. He slid them both on and uh, that was it. Like nothing fell off. Hmm. So it was technically the second turn and he was like, well, I lost. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. We're playing. <laughs> like, here's a token because I, I want us to keep playing. Yeah. I think I like slammed the table and knocked a couple off. I was like, take them because I don't want to win that way. That's yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I don't think that's the designer's intent. Yeah. Um, but no, overall, it was a fun little dexterity game. I like that coin pusher. It made me actually want to try Voices in My Head quite a bit more now. Yeah. It's down over there on yep. the, the, the thing. Wherever it is. <laughs> yep. Yep. On, on the all play bag. Great quality. No, Great. No, 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 no. That's a board game table bag. That's a board game table's bag. But. Ball play, I'm talking to you. 
that game is supported really well on a potentially empty bag. It is empty. Yeah, it's empty, <laughs> and it's supporting a game on the top of it. Now, you don't get quality from a Walmart bag like that. Like, canvas bag, you put a board game on top, you know, done. Yep, yep. Boardgametables.com bag, you know what it's at. Anyway. Man, you're so <laughs> off topic today. No, it, but it was a fun game. Kabuto Sumo, my number three. How much Go caffeine play. have you had today? Only two cups. Of pure caffeine. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last game I want to talk about is uh, one of my newer games that I got for Christmas. I actually played this on the Saturday and we got together with our friends for New Year's. Mind you, we were home at like 7 o'clock and the wife was in bed at 10. <laughs> yep. I stayed up late because I wanted to take care of the dogs because they shoot off fireworks and we have one dog mm-hmm. that's terrified of fireworks and another dog that wants to fight them. <laughs> Which so, is hilarious. Yeah, it's quite funny. It's like she tries to go outside to fight the fireworks. Yeah. But uh, but we did play one of my new games for Christmas. It's an older game, but I liked it so much, I want to get the expansions for it. This is Endangered. It okay. is a really good co-op puzzle um, where you're working as a team to try to save the endangered animals. You're trying to meet a certain amount of funding, I guess you can say, where you're trying to get the different nations to be behind you. In saving the animals. What I like about this one, it's a dice worker placement game, a dice placement. However, it's got an intriguing thing on it. So when you decide to go first, when you're doing your first playthrough, someone says, okay, I'm going to go first. They put their token on the calendar. They roll their dice and they place their dice out on the board. Nothing really normal. Yeah, yeah it sounds, sounds normal, strange. right? Yeah. However, the numbers are very important. So if someone rolls a six, you might not want them, you know, locking places out because every spot, some of the cards have so many spots where it'd be one, three, uh, two, I think is another one. Mm -hmm. I think one of them is like four. If you place a dice on it, the next person that goes, because you can never place your dice on something you've already placed except for one spot. And no matter if you go. So if I put a two on this thing, what allows me to move animals and make breeding pairs Mm-hmm. If I put a two there, the next person has to put a three. So if I put a six on that and you I'm the first out. one that goes, nobody else can go in that spot because those dice don't come off until your next turn, mm. which will be after everybody takes a turn this round and we go into the next round. And then it's like, you know what? I need to go first where I can take because you as a group can decide who goes first, who goes last. That sort of stuff. So you can lock locations off if you roll really high, and you don't want to roll really high sometimes, especially in the beginning of the game. Right. Now, like, if you're the fourth player to go in a round, you may want to roll high because sure. if everybody's in all these spots and you roll, uh, like with me, I rolled twos across the board. There's only so many things I could have done. Right. Now, there's cards that you can put out there. There's things that you can do. But the main purpose of the game is to make sure the deforestation doesn't happen if you're playing in the tire scenario or the ocean will get polluted in the otter scenario. Yeah. Is you got to make breeding pairs. you got to make sure there's babies out there. Because yeah. if you ever run out of deforestation tiles that you put on the board, you lose. Fair if enough. you uh, get one or less tigers on the board, or animal in this case... You lose because he can't breed with himself. Who knew? And so there's different things that are going on. So you do your actions this round. Then you roll the orange die to determine how many breeding pairs you get. And so say I have five breeding pairs. It's five breeding pairs plus one. You've got to roll six or under. So you should be good. But if you only have three breeding pairs, you got to roll four or under to actually get them to breed. Fair enough. 
Um, and then you have uh, an area that ha they have to have at least a minimum of one of the animals. And you choose a row or a column. All right, so I'm going to choose this one because there's only one tiger in that row. You roll the black die, and that's where the deforestation happens. And then you have, like, these impact cards that happen that also could make you do another deforestation or poachers and kill some tigers and stuff like that. It is hard. It is tough. We almost won. And there's a little luck involved because, like I was telling you yesterday, there are certain things, like mm -hmm. uh, different goals that you have to meet to make these nations happen. You have to hit four. We had three of the four. And one of them was we need to at least get a five on two dice. So we had to roll uh, roll it. I rolled a one and a two. We got a three. So far, we failed. And it's different for the player counts, but there, you're, there's two voting ages where you determine if you're going to win or lose. In a four-player game, I think it is the fourth year and the fifth year. Those are the two years. If you fail the vote on the fifth year, you lose the game. That's the third way you can lose. Fine. But all in all, it was really, really good. It's it's a nice little puzzle. It's not the prettiest of co-ops. It's just basically dice and meeples on the board and tiles that go on the board. Sure. But that puzzle aspect of it, I love animal games. Um, that's why I'm a big fan of Ark Nova. I like all that wingspan, stuff like that. This one's right up there with me down, too. Nice. Very cool. Speaking of co-op games, my last game that I wanted to talk about. This is, is the one we played last night. It is. Nice. The, it's yeah. It, I knew you wanted to talk about it because this is right in your alley. Uh, we all kind of looked at each other. I suggested it, and we all looked at each other like, "Yeah, we to try that." Mind you, it was the end of the night too, and so yeah, we're all you, a little you, tired. You were all like, "It's not that hard to teach. It's not that hard to play. We'll be done in about forty-five minutes." Yeah, if that. And I wasn't wrong. No, you weren't. Yeah, uh, King of Monster Island, brand new co-op game from Richard Garfield. In the King of Universe, as they call it. Uh, yeah, King, uh, of King of Tokyo, Tokyo King, King of New York, York, King of Monster Island. This is the first of the three that is cooperative. King this of Tokyo is... Dark, don't forget that one. <laughs> uh, see how it is? See how it is? <laughs> yeah, King, King of Monster Island. This is the first cooperative one. Uh, your characters are fully portable. Um, over to it. So if you have King of Tokyo, you could bring those over or use these characters over there because really it's just the standees and the, yeah, the, the markers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. But what makes this game totally different is that you're rolling bad dice for the monster, for the boss. Mm -hmm. You chuck those into a volcano which spread across six quadrants of the board. All of, start... if you play the spill, it's kind of like with that yep. same mechanism. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's a dice tower that spreads it out over the board. Um, he will go towards the di the area that's adjacent to him that has the most dice and trigger them all, including the minions that are in that area. Mm -hmm. Each of the minions have different abilities, um, which makes it diff more difficult. And Absolutely. each of the dice have like up to three different symbols. Four different minions? The shield, the there's, soldier? There's five, but we only play with four. Oh, okay. Uh, the Lava Lord adds a fifth oh, minion okay. type. <laughs> but yes, there's a soldier, which is just takes one damage, mm -hmm. does one damage. Um, there is a cannon, which is one damage, but will do one damage to everybody. There is a builder, which builds a crystal. If you get three crystals, it builds a pylon. Three pylons on the board, you lose immediate, immediately. And then there is a shield, which doesn't have an ability, but it takes three, uh, damage to kill it, and you must kill him before any Anything other else? minions. Unless you're a ninja. 
Unless you're a ninja, which you can... Well, you know, you still have to kill him first, but it only takes one. Yeah. <laughs> and so what makes it cool is that at the beginning of the game, the number of players determines how many of the special abilities that come out. And it's, it's the number of players plus one. Mm-hmm. Shuffle them all up. Deal out that many. Everything else you just use. So there's a lot of replay value automatically. Yeah. Um, because... And that's fully compatible with all the other characters because it's just... you. It's like you have to wait to get your special ability... And then you get to choose what it is, which is yeah. really different than a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- yeah. Another thing I like about it, too, is the uh, a lot of co-op games fall into the habit. You do stuff, then bad stuff happen. Right. Whereas this one, no, he's going to do his thing. Doesn't necessarily it's going to be bad, but he's, yeah. he might just gain fame. And it's going to be right. bad for us later on because he's going to become powerful just like we are if we gain fame. Right. But we can still fame away from him. Exactly. Now, one thing that I do want to point out that... It didn't happen in our game, but there could be turns where the boss just moves a space and then nothing happens. Yeah, it didn't happen with us. Totally possible. Didn't happen with us. <laughs> he did something every turn. And he, nearly, he he killed two monsters in our turn, or yes. during our game. Luckily for me, because of my special ability, I started healing everybody. I'm yes. like, I'm not even worrying about tech. You guys take care of this. I gotta make sure you guys live. Right, which I like that factor a lot. Like, it's not, it's when a player starts their turn on that, then then you lose. you lose right so each of the three bosses have a double side to them and the other side is just a more advanced version of themselves mm-hmm. and as they gain fame they get more and more powerful so yeah. everything's ramping up as you're getting better abilities as you're playing better yeah it overall is just a really fantastic little game it is my now new favorite game in the series and uh i'm well, very glad not i got it saying much because both you and i Find the game fine, kind of like yes. how we did with Dino Tokyo. is fine. Yeah, it just it's it's a good welcoming family like yeah. game. This one I would play over all the other ones. Yes, hands down, hands down. I fell in love with it. I like it a lot. It's it's not going anywhere in my you're collection. You're welcome. In fact, my son even actually asked me before I came over here if we're going to play it again tonight. <laughs> so I will probably do that. Oh yeah, because he's about to go back to school too, huh? Mm-hmm. So. Yep, so why not? Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while I can. <laughs> that was the last one we are going to talk about. Let's go into our list. This is a reaction list yeah. that we are going to be talking about. Um, we had eight games that we were anticipating after we came back from Gamma last year. Yeah. Um, now, we're, we're if we film it again this year, it's going to be a much later. It'll be like mid-year. Yeah, because it's in April now, right? Yeah, so maybe we should do that early. We'll discuss that later. Well, like I, like I told him, I'm yeah. already looking through like news cycles and stuff yep. like that because you just I want to get my list pre pre done because like the big stuff doesn't really happen to like right. Gen Con and right. SN, they don't get released, but they're already announcing a lot of releases yes. and um they're they're showing that sometimes releasing it earlier in the year, like video games, the best time for video games to release is before Christmas or just after Christmas. Right. So some of the big games are coming out in February and March. Same thing with the board games industry. Yep. They're starting to learn, like, your big Kickstarter days, February and March, after the holidays when there's a lull of spending. Right, exactly. So we'll, we'll make all this at some point in mm-hmm. the near-ish future, uh, whenever we decide to. Yeah, and the, the, the big thing about it is, too, because we're also about planning to do, because we played a lot of games in the last year. Yes. Uh, we're not going to do this every year, but we are going to redo our top 100 mm-hmm. just because we played a lot of games last year. Right. And exactly. I know for a fact some of them moved onto my list. That's right. So we had somebody respond to our comment here. <clears throat> I made a post in the Board Game Revolution group in Facebook asking, 
what were some of your favorite and least favorite games that came out or your anticipated games? Which ones were good? Which ones were bad? And why? Mm -hmm. We only had one response, and that was uh, Clint. He said, I think my worst was either Bus or Castle Siege, and his best was Cerebria. Haven't played any of those. Yeah, Cerebria is a mind clash game that looks really fun. Bus, I believe, is a splotter game, um, which... It's actually a okay, really Mind expensive Clash, game. Which, who do they, what do they publish? Tricurion. Tricurion, okay. Yes, and an Splatter is the one that does um, Kitchen Rush or whatever. Uh, Food Chain Magnate? Yeah, I that think? one. That yeah. one. Yeah, so it's a pretty expensive game for uh, components. <laughs> and, and the thing about Food Chain Magnet, too, it's a lot game. Yeah. And it's uh, I like some of the 50 Diner stuff, but that one even is just a bit... Yeah, <sighs> there's a lot. And buses, I believe, will pick up and deliver, but yeah, I don't know. I had a chance to buy it at 30% off, and I was like, that's still not much. I I like pick up and deliver, but I don't know if I'd like it that much to play a game called Bus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, I do want to play Tricarion. Yeah, that's Uh, true. I do want to try that one, um, so we'll see. Yeah, Tricarion's a blast. Here we go. All right. Let's start with our number eight anticipated game. I'll be going first. My number eight was one that is not even out yet. In fact, it was a collection of games, actually. Mm. And you and I both know that these haven't came out yet because this would have been on your list if you thought that they were coming out. Yeah, well, no. it was. Uh, I, I, I specifically remember because we watched the video. Yep. It wasn't on my list because it was on my list the year before yes. and they didn't come out then. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not putting on my list. First off, they were last year. Yes. And second off, I still don't have it. Right. And, you know, they made like... Uh, like, simple retail versions of them. Yeah. And, and did a Kickstarter for that much later, and then already fulfilled those. Mm-hmm. So now we're waiting on the fancy versions, yeah. which, you know, well, I'm no, sure they, they'll they, be worth it. They had those as well for um, our Kickstarter as well, so right. you get about the original or the fancy. You and me chose the fancy. Yes. They should have yes. given us the fancy first before the other ones. That's what I'm saying, but, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that gets really that upset over it. I'll play the either. game when my, I do. My, but... my only issue with it is... We were supposed to already have the first two. Yes. Right? And then they decided, okay, no, we're going to ship it all together. Which shipping then, went really expensive yeah, this year. which, sure. fine, understandable. But then we got pushed back again because they just wanted to get the basic stuff out. Yes. And it's like, oh, I was supposed to get it. Uh, the first two we should have had in yes. 2021. Cocopelli was after yes. that Kickstarter by the same company, and we already got Cocopelli and played it already a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so I know there's going to be a lot of people on the comment section being upset about it. I should say what the game are game is. This is the City Collection, the Stefan Feld City, City Collection, Collection from the Queen first games. four games. They've already announced All four the, of them. They had already announced the next four games. Yes, and which will probably the only way I might not back it is if I don't have the first four, four by the time like, the Kickstarter for the <laughs> yeah, next four come out. Well, I think they're only going to do the next two first, and then they already talked about because yeah. the next two I think is that Kickstarter to be... comes out, and I don't have the first four, four? yet. Yeah, it, it's kind of pushing. And the thing about that is with Queen is like they haven't pushed out any of their games lately that no. all were on that Kickstarter. I think our friend finally got his London Bridge game after yes. how many years? Yep. So yeah, so. I, Queen's on my list right now. It's kind of like the fact I see them on. A lot of people are having problems with because mm-hmm. their shipping cost. Sure, but you're getting your games. Like I got my, yes. all both of my waves pretty quickly. I'd be willing to pay a, throw a little bit more if I was able to get the stuff the stuff quicker. quicker. Yeah, but I'm not. So, mm-hmm. alas, the city collection it's not out yet. So I don't know if it's going to be good or not. But I was anticipating it this year. That flew by. 
So who knows? We'll and find out. It's January third, twenty twenty three. Yep. And the last we heard, they're probably not even going to get started till after the holidays. So yep. they probably won't get started till like Wednesday to get our stuff out. Yeah. We 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 will announce on the podcast when we finally, finally receive it. it, and then we'll let you know how it goes. That was my number eight city all collection. All right. my out. number eight um, is a, another Kickstarter that's back to everybody. I didn't even back the Kickstarter, and I own it. <laughs> And this one is Endless Winter. Yep. Uh, I have played it. I find it fine. Um, I was really anticipating it because I, I bought into the hype. I'm not going to lie. People were saying, like, this is their favorite out of the deck builder uh, worker placement games that have gotten pre-copies and played it. And they're like, oh, this is really good. This is, my, I, I, this is my second least favorite of the four. <laughs> this is Out of the three I played, this is my least favorite. I still like it a lot. I like it more than Dinogenics. Mm-hmm. I... I I understand, like, some people's complaint is just that it's got so many moving parts. It's not that hard. You just have better to dabble. Better than Dinogenics? I, what? You said better than Dinogenics. Oh, it's, yeah, it's better than Dinogenics. Well, oh, yeah. Well, because I said I like it fine. Oh, I see. Okay. The same way I described I thought, Dinogenics. I was like, that's not a worker placement deck builder. But, okay. Okay. No, because earlier I said the same thing about Dinogenics. Yeah, I liked it fine. I sure. really, okay. I do enjoy Inlet's Winter. It's just not my favorite of three. Yeah. Honestly, I think Lost Ruins of Arnak is my favorite as of yes. right now because of the expansion. If I didn't play it with the expansion, Dune Imperium would still be my number one. Yeah. Now, I haven't played the two expansions for Dune Imperium, and I haven't played any of the expansions for Endless Winters that I do own. There's some really cool stuff on some of the expansions, like uh, they have like these cave drawing boards mm-hmm. that you do as well. So I want to try that stuff. But honestly, I played it. I enjoyed it. It's just, it, it was, I got into the hype. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of owning it. I'm glad I have it. I don't think it's going to leave my collection anytime soon, but it wasn't as, live. it didn't live up to the hype like I was expecting. Right. That's fair. Because it was very procedural. That's mm-hmm. my big thing about it is it, it didn't really give you a lot of choices. There was a lot of choices out there, but it's just kind of like this happens, this happens, then this happens. Yep. Whereas Dude Imperium, I could be like, you know what? I can go there or I can gather resources here or I could just go play on this track over here. Yep. So yeah, my first was Endless Winter. Cool. Off to our number seven, most anticipated game. You'll be starting us off. All right. My number seven is my game that I had on my list that still hasn't arrived. Um, this one, I'm not as nitpicky about it compared to the uh the the city collection because i understood that it was a possibility this wouldn't make it out this year they, yeah. they've been upfront about it they've and you did talking. say that during the podcast yeah. as well and they've been talking about it they said hey this is coming out uh we're still working on this we're doing this things might have gotten back but i'm still excited for it and it's stellaris infinite legacy this is made by um what are they called i can't think of their name now Academy Games, that's who it is. Um, I'm really big fan of the video game. I love Stellaris, the video game. You can buy it on Steam, you can buy it on consoles, whatever you want to play it on. It's a 4X style game, but this one is a legacy style that people can drop in and out. It's not supposed to be super long. You can upgrade your personal stuff as you go. And they're trying to say it's going to get as much of a board game feel Mm -hmm to the video game series. You're going to get that video game feel to this board game because of the upgrades, some of the events that are going to come up like in the video game. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. I want to play a 4X legacy game that is not going to take me six hours uh, because I love um, Twilight Imperium. I just don't play it often because it's an all-day thing and there's a bunch of other games I want to play. Yes. 
So, but my uh, next one, this one I am looking forward to. It hasn't arrived. Solaris Infinite Legacy. My number seven is one that I was very hyped for and was easily my biggest disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I know which one this one is because we yep. watched the video and both of us went, Ugh. Yes. Azul Queen's Garden. May it rest in peace. <laughs> that game was awful. It was bad. Um, Probably the worst game I played that year if it wasn't for the fact that we played that I'm right, you're wrong game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that was really bad. That was really bad. Uh, I mean, so here's the thing. I mean, Azul 1 through 3 were known for being beautiful, streamlined, Fun. smart drafting games. Fun. This was trying to take that and added so many contingencies, not fun. extra rules, um, convoluted scoring, the scoring, man, oh. uh, weird scoring. Like I said, everything had exceptions and contingents in order for it to work. In bad colors, the fact that I the the one that I always had the hardest yep. to play is the second game because they went with the stained glass, yes. opaque, which made it difficult for me, even with the shapes, because you're gonna be like, what color, which shape is that? Okay, yep. I'd rather play that than this one again because yes. I was just so frustrated with the colors. Yep. I was like, oh, wait, this is not the same color? Someone came over and told us how to score. Both you and me were like, let's just call it a tie. We're done. This yeah. game is ridiculous. Yeah, we really didn't like it. Um, I mean, it honestly, so it just wasn't streamlined. It, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Like, I didn't like the idea. Like, I like the idea that you had to, like, kind of do a quirkle style, right? Mm -hmm. you, were, you were getting hex tiles that... Either well, all the same colors and different numbers, or different, numbers, or all the same uh, numbers, well, or, uh, same thing. And, yeah. or whatever the they're they're con stamps, they're contingent, they're, they're numbers is what they really are. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true because it's, yeah, like it's either a flower with yeah. like or five that's another yeah. thing. If you're just gonna do numbers, I know you're trying to be pretty, but if you have a flower with five yeah. petals, I have to count the freaking petals, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, it's technically different, but but oh. there's a better way to do that. Yeah. Um, but then, or either have the same number in different colors, but you could never at any situation pick up a tile that is the same color and number. Nope, that's a big no-no. Mm -hmm. And then tiles came along with it, which that drafting was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, not just but, the, the, the tile thing, yep. too, because they could be like different things, or if you get the pavilion in the center done, right. that's something. Uh-huh. Like, and this wasn't about, like, in all the others, I feel like you could realistically fill in all of your categories. If you play smartly, yeah. If you play smartly and you do really well, you could potentially like complete the board. Mm -hmm. This one I really don't think that was the idea. And it shows. I don't know. It's just it was so frustrating after we were finished with it. So annoying. I know we went into it with already kind of negative because we we're really tired from a long convention. Well but uh, that didn't help because that should like when we pulled that off it was like, oh we finally get to try this. It yes. actually perked us up a that little bit. That was the one that we were most excited of that day. And it still it put us in a bad and it mood. bombed. Yeah. Yep. yep. We we didn't talk very much after that. Yeah, it was a, though at least uh the, the Fister game really picked us back up. The all yeah, my oh goods. my goods. Yeah. That one, that was, one was, really was much better. <laughs> yeah. And even like the that dice the, um yeah, 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 skyscraper the, game. skyscraper one, yeah. yeah. The that colors cool. were a little problem, but it was still yeah. good. Yeah, it was fine. But yeah, Azul, I mean, oh, man. Oh. Never thought I would say that Azul would bomb like that, but it did. And not only that, made us angry yes. for some reason. Mind you, we did have a whole I weekend. was just upset, and you were very angry. Yeah, I was frustrated like you wouldn't believe, because I couldn't see half the things. Yeah. Yep. A lot of production issues. Uh, number seven. Now right. up to uh, number six. Number six. Q. 
My number six is a game that I put on my list after playing it once at Gamma. And I was very excited after that. And now I haven't played it yet and I don't own it. But I still think I really enjoyed it enough. And that was Kites. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. $20 simple game. I already... I still remember very vividly how it's played. We had fun playing this game. It was, yeah, and it, you know, it was a quick demo, right? So yeah. it wasn't a full playthrough. So that's why it was on my anticipated list and not like, oh, I already liked it. Yeah. You know, it it, it was he, kind of a... Yeah, and all honesty, because it was like a speed out. dating uh, situation that we were doing. Yeah. And he had to just kind of show us how it worked yeah. and we played just slightly and both of us were like, oh my God. Yes, yes, exactly. No, it was, it was good fun. But overall, I mean, it. I, I wish I could... Buy it. Like, I, there's no local stores that I'm aware of that has it. Has it, yeah. Otherwise, I would. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I I still remember having a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. And I, there's not much to say about it. It's just a speed little timer game. And the time goes up, it kind I, of falls, I, you lose. I describe it. It gives you anxiety, but in the good anxiety. Yes. Think Hanabi anxiety. Yes. Where you're just like, oh, God, oh, God, am I picking the right cards? Yeah. This one is that same thing because it's so speed and you're playing the different colors out and then the color that you play out could flip the timer if any one of those timers run out you mm-hmm. lose oh man that, that was such a good game but yeah i i can't uh actually one of us had it on our <coughs> i put it on my it was you right secret santa list yep yeah i honestly i wish we could have found a copy of it because yes yeah i just haven't seen it around but as soon as i do i'm gonna buy it all right be a great impulse so my next game that i'm gonna talk about uh, is one I played, and I got very, very happy when I saw this when we were at Gamma. I don't remember exactly. And then I've played two scenarios in this game. It's a campaign game uh, based on old-timey cartoons called Vagrant, Vagrant Song. Song. Yep. I really, really enjoy this game a lot. I'm some, I know why it was uh, on my most anticipated list. And if I remember correctly, it was pretty high on my favorite games of 2022. In fact, I can check. Just go back a few pages, and exciting content. No, oh, it yeah. was. It was your one. Of your oh yeah, it was my fourth favorite game of 2022. Yep. So the end. The hype was real. The hype was real. I really enjoyed it, and I have to say, I am buying more and more into acrylic minis over anything else because I love the. The fact that they're already painted, I don't have to worry about that. They have like this nice look to them. They're not outrageously expensive as regular minis are. They're not just like the cheap cardboard cutouts that you get. Like, it's fine in King of Monster Island. Yes. Uh, But like, if you want to play like this kind of minis game without breaking the bank, that's the way to go. Like, I'm hoping the next Gloomhaven Kickstarter. Will give us the options instead of like full on minis. If they're just going to make like the acrylic minis for all the bad guys, I'd buy that before I bought the minis. Yes. Buy the books in the minis. <laughs> so, but yeah, for Vagrant Song, it's a great game. I need to play more of the campaign. I'm really enjoying it. I love the booming box card. I love the story. What everything it's the, like, just the work that went into for those stories are great. Yeah. So, yeah, that was anticipated and it's been one of my favorites, Vagrant Song. Awesome. Our number five. I'll be starting off again. Uh, this one climbed up my list really highly. Uh, one of my favorite games as well. Checking through history. I still need to play this one. Yep. I brought it yesterday for you to see it potentially. Yeah. I played it uh, just a couple nights ago with my family. Mm-hmm. Still just as good. I, I know. Super combo-tastic. I know. Really it, fun. Uh, that it's going to be your pick either this week or next week. 
Can I just make a request for you to show us that game? Not on my pick. <laughs> you can on yours. I'm not bringing it. <laughs> not until you tell me. Okay, that's right. fine. That's fair. No, it's... I, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Let's see. I I, I just because it doesn't seem like it plays that long either. No, it's really quick. Um, the only, There's only one bad thing is that when, if you play it, like, my brother, for example, he, right, the very first card he bought in a round took five hours, and he didn't have any uh, gems to lower that, so he went to five, and we all took collectively about 12 turns before, before he got his next turn. Yeah, that's... That, and that's that's a thing. That's a thing. That's my only gripe about the ratchet, yes. thing. ratchet uh, mechanism, I think is what that's called. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I'm going to spend all this time, but... I call then, it the leapfrog mechanism. Yeah, towards... Yeah. Whoever's furthest back. Yeah. And so, it just... I, I understand that as a drawback. Yeah. Especially if it's a five card, and... But that could have been a really good card if it was yes. like like a big BCE card. It really was, and it got a lot of what he wanted. Yeah, like it, it was honestly really cool. Um, overall, yeah, no, it's just a fantastic experiment experience. Probably my favorite game out of the anticipated. Um, jumped up to one of my favorite games of the year. Absolute blast to play. Trekking through history. All right, so to me. Yep. So, the next game on my list is the one that I... Well, one of the two that I have not played. Okay. It is. I do own it. It's on my shelf of shame. The only reason is it's another campaign game. And also, I'm kind of hesitant on this one just from everything I've heard about it. I do yes. want to try it. I do want to play it. This one is Legacy of Isla Nubar. It's the Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World uh, Legacy game. Yep. I do want to play it. I still want to try it. I know not a lot of people have liked it that played it. I still want to go in with my own idea for it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm just kind of letting it cool off. Yeah. Uh, let me get get it out of my mind and yeah, probably and, bust it out here soon. But realistically, I mean, if you go into it like with a negative expectation, it might be better than you expect. Yeah. Um, just like how I was with Time Stories, it's the same idea. I thought the ending of Time Stories was going to be absolutely trifle, and it was pretty good. So I do want to try it. It looks interesting. I like the minis on it. Uh, I, I found it funny that people were so upset they weren't getting, like, Kickstarter exclusive stuff, so they had to give us, like, different molds just to be different. I'm like, I don't care. I don't expect Kickstarter exclusives for, like, any of the Shim yeah. Phillip games. It's just I want to get it as early as possible. Well, I mean, realistically, Funko does a really good job of making inexpensive productions. Oh, yeah. But that absolute, like... Funko had never made anything above a what, sixty dollar yeah. board game, well, much less a hundred and twenty. Yeah, and of what they had to do to go into yes. it too. So I mean, they had to prove that that was something that was realistic. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, uh, I my thing is like the Kickstarter exclusive stuff. That was my big is like really why are you complaining about this? Yeah. Kickstarter is not about Kickstarter exclusive stuff. Right, you don't expect it from. The Shim Phillip games, why are you going to expect it from the Funko games? Right. This is just something they need to see if it's going to be plausible. Right. They, before they place their order, they need mm-hmm. to know if there's an actual demand for, for this. It. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I went into it like, I don't need the Kickstarter exclusive stuff. Just give me the game. Right. I understand why you're doing it. Um, so, and this, it's the same thing with uh, Dark Tower. I didn't go into it for the minis. I really yeah. like the game. And so I went and bought the minis for the game. Yes. But it doesn't. It wasn't needed. You don't need that kind of Kickstarter exclusive stuff. But just people have come to expect it. Yeah. And I'm talking more about the Kickstarter stuff than the actual game. And it's because I haven't played the game, but I do want to try it. Yes. Yep. I completely agree. Cool. All right. On to our number four. All right. To me. Yep. So my number four game is 
one that I thought was going to be on your list, and you're like, no, no, I'm not interested in it. And now you own the whole thing of it, too. And this is Marvel Dice Throne. Yes. <laughs> Correct. So I remember we were having this big old discussion, and you're like, no, it's not on my list. I own Dice Throne. I own all that other yeah, stuff. And, but, and Marvel doesn't really intrigue me. And, and I even, <laughs> in the podcast, I even swear, like, I don't care about superheroes. Whatever. And yeah, now I now own he all owned because all of it. <laughs> It's really good. It's good. It's, it's really a really good. good game. I really enjoy the Marvel um, license on this mm-hmm. one because if any game other than like Marvel's Champions and stuff like that were needing a, that could do well with a Marvel's license, yes. it's this game because of the uniqueness that they could do with the powers and the dice and stuff like that. I, in yeah. fact, I have the Santa and Krampus with it, and I have no problem having Santa fight Loki. It just it. Feels good, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's a great uh, system. And then you put the Marvel license on it. I'm always going to be intrigued. I'm wearing a superhero shirt right now, and so for me, I, I agree. This is one of my most anticipated games. It didn't make my favorite games of the list because it's still dice throw. Yes, it's still it didn't break the great, mold too much. Yeah, it didn't break the mold. It just gave you the license. But I really, really enjoyed it. You know what's funny about it? I just realized. I'm also wearing a Marvel the <laughs> Marvel style and Marvel hat. style hat because it's the minor league baseball defenders series, and I'm just like, wait, I'm wearing a superhero shirt. I got the Marvel. And I'm talking about Marvel dice throw. <laughs> it's that's how much I like superhero stuff, and dice throne perfectly lends itself to the Marvel universe to the point I want them to do another one, but not Marvel. Yeah, give me a DC one. This way you could have Batman go against Santa Claus or Krampus. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, my number four, speaking of uh, Funko games. Okay. My four, I kind of cheated because I, I, I technically said two. Two, yeah. I remember that. But I was mainly there for Goofy Movie. What was the other one you said? Rear Window. Rear, yeah, okay. And so, Goofy Movie, the board game, I mean... I'm just a sucker for that movie. I love that movie. I will, it's a good movie. I will watch it any day. It's still not my favorite Disney movie. It's not my favorite Disney movie either, but it's my number two favorite Disney movie of all time. I don't uh, even know if it's in my top five. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's it's really... I get why a lot of people don't like it as much as I do, mm-hmm. but it's super nostalgic for me. It came out right when I was young enough to, oh, to no, be no, I get the it, yeah. market. Yeah, yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. the mess out of it. I get um, it. Yeah, it, it was just a fun little game. And so this, they brought in... It's basically like... A race across the country meets Sushi Go. Um, each of the different pictures that you take um, are themed off of Goofy Movie. You're you're collecting memories. You're the, going fishing. You're doing all these different things that scores in different ways. And the first person to get to the concert first gets the most points right off the bat. Anybody after them gets fewer points. And most points at the end of the game wins from the combination of the memories and mm-hmm. that. Simple. It that wasn't even your favorite out of that list. No, it wasn't. But I really enjoyed what it did. Now, it's something that my kids are too old to really appreciate now. Appreciate now. <clears throat> they did like the movie. They don't care for the game. They thought it was pretty simple. And I have shown it off to quite a few people. But, I mean, we're already on our third restock of it. Nice. So, I mean, it's been selling at our store. And I think it's just because of that nostalgia factor. Now, Rear Window, though, um, <laughs> that one was the one I kind of slid in there because I was like, I don't really know much about it. I liked the movie a lot. I was like, I just, I was intrigued more than anything on if it would actually, like, 
work its way into like or how it would work that movie into a movie or mm-hmm. into a game. And when we played it, oh yeah, that twist of whether you don't know if the director is against you or cooperatively with you until the end of the game where they know the entire time. Yeah. But you're all kind of working towards the same goal with one little caveat. That I've not seen in any other game, and it does it really well in this, and it's absolutely on theme, because you don't know what's happening in the movie until the end. Yeah. It's awesome. Honestly. So, Rear Window, fantastic. Goofy movie, very good. Those are my two anticipated for number four. Alright, moving on to our next one. Number three. To me. So I lied. This is another one I haven't played. There's one more on the list that Liar. I have. Liar. Yeah. Uh, well, I looked at the Shuffle Shame, and then I read my note, and I need to get better handwriting. But this one, the reason why I haven't played it is I don't own it. Thank you. Uh, is, and that is Merchants of the Dark Road. Mm-hmm. And I want to play it. Our friend has it. He just hasn't brought it over. <laughs> and I don't know if he hasn't want to learn it or just other stuff, especially since we're getting ready to do our annual calling trip. Yes. And so he wanted to get other stuff tested out before we do the uh, the trip, which would be in about two, three weeks? Three weeks. Yeah. I think we're going to go on the 22nd, so it's about three weeks. Yep. And so he wants to get games out there to see, hey, what do I need to trade and stuff like right. that. Right. Which but makes I, sense. This game looks interesting. I like the aspect of it. I love the aesthetic of it when I saw it at um, Gamma that year. That's why I made my list because I'm like, oh, I really want to try this one now. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's kind of cooled on me now. I'd still want to play it, but it's, I, honestly, this far out now, it probably wouldn't have made my anticipated list if I hadn't seen it at right. Gamma. Uh, it's because I like Elf Creek games, too. Um, yes. I really like, uh, was it Atlantis Rising, uh, second edition? That one's yep. really good. I liked Honey Buzz. Um, and there's a couple other stuff that they have. And so this one just kind of got that hype that really is like, okay, that's this looks cool. But honestly, now, I'm like, I want to play it. But and there's other games I want to play right. now. Fair enough. Alright, my number three is the last one that I had not played yet. Because I had just recently got it maybe two weeks ago um, from an early uh, Christmas gift. Mm. And that is the Unlock series, the board game themed Unlocks. And that is like kind of a meta one. It has Pandemic, Mysterium, and Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride. I, want to I just play haven't those. done those. Yeah, I mean, I have it now. Do you, you don't have it, do you? No, I only have the Star Wars one I need to play. Yeah. So, I, see, I have about six or seven of them that I haven't played <laughs> them yet. So, I'm a little behind. But I really like the unlocks. I like what they do. I like unlocks a lot. Yeah. Um, and I especially like that theme. And I was looking online, and it's really highly rated. So That's cool. Yeah, when we saw it, that was that was super high on my list just because I love that meta idea of it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played it, so I can't say whether I like it or not. But judging by what I've seen from Unlock before, probably I, I, will. I, I, don't, I do like the... We've talked about this before on the podcast. The memory of when we found out about those games at yes. Gamma. You and me are like, did we just see what we think we saw? And we were what? like geeking out. And they're like, should what? we turn this off now? Right. Exactly. <laughs> we thought it's like, mm, we're, we're being privy to information. Like... Like, I can only imagine if we put that on Twitter, like, right then and there, yeah. we'd be lynched. Like, yeah. they would find us and escort us <laughs> out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't be hard to find us. So like, wait, how's it on Twitter? Them! <laughs> we were the only two in the room. In the room, yeah. yeah. But what, what, what's interesting about it is, like, they're practicing it, like, 
before they're supposed to do that. Yeah, I understand you're going to do that, but yeah. you shouldn't do it in the room that's already open for people to show up in. Right, yeah. Well, we were also there like more than a half hour early just because we were relaxing. We, we, well, that and we didn't want, we wanted to make sure we had seats. And yes. your boss and we still picked like one of the farthest, farthest seats away. away. Yeah. Oh, us. No, but, I, I wanted to be furthest away because that's near the exit and the refreshments. Yes, <laughs> correct. That, I forgot about that part, yeah. No, it was... It, I was it, excited when I saw it. Still fresh in my mind. Glad I own it. I'm ready to play it. And another reason... Um, I remember the reason why we were so far back is because that's when you had your cough and you didn't want to disrupt them by being that close. That's right. That's right. I had because a gnarly cough. somebody got allergic <laughs> to cigarette smoke. Yeah. All right. Ready to go to our next one? Our number twos. Mm-hmm. And I'll start us off. Number two is one that I had played a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from AEG. And I'm glad I got a chance to play it. It is not the party game you think it is. Oh, no, no. I know which one it is. This it's is the Guild of Merchant Explorers. The Guild of Merchant Explorers. Yep. Um, we've complained about the art before. We've already debated this. Yeah. I like the game a lot. I hate the map. I hope they come up with some Something kind of better. solution. Yeah. But the, the game, though. I'm sure on Board Game Geek, you could you can print out a new map. Yeah. The game's good, though. Yeah. It's a great game. And then, hey, you print out one of those new ones. You have a laminator now. That's right. I have a laminator now. <laughs> I could not be more excited about office equipment. Very excited. Well, it works for you on twofold. You're also a teacher, so yes. board well, games and being a teacher, office yes. supplies are great for yes. you. <laughs> yep. Always carry Sharpies on me. All right. Just so in case. We've and talked a pointer. About, yeah, yeah. We talk about uh, Guilds of Merchant Explorers, so I'm assuming you're yeah. wanting me to go now. Yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about it. We've talked about it on plenty of other podcast episodes prior yeah, to this, fact, but I that was, it was one on of my... your uh, favorite games played in 2020. It was not. Oh, it was not. Yeah. No. Sorry. Shortlist. That's when we talked yep. about it. Mm-hmm. So the next one I'm going to talk about here is another one I haven't played, but I played its predecessor. And I'm glad I own it. I just haven't busted it off my shelf yet. And this is Almanac Crystal Peaks. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know if it does much different from everything that I punched out and looked at. It doesn't seem like it's going to do anything new compared right. to uh, Dragon Road, I think that's what it's called. Uh, yes. Almanac Dragon Road. Mm-hmm. But I still love these games. Uh, these are Colossal really is hitting some of the best games for me lately. Yeah. I loved uh, Western Legends. I like these ones. Uh, there's another one that uh, Buddy showed me that I really enjoyed. I just, the, the name escapes and, me. And Scott Holmes has been really deciding yeah, he, a lot He's lately. going crazy. He's trying to be a Kanizia, man. I'm telling right. you. Yeah, he's, 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 he's young enough right now that when he's Kanizia's Abe, he could be at 600 games. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous because, think about it, he went, put all the tiny epics out, mm-hmm. uh, plus he's been doing some solo games lately, he's some been doing Button Shy, Button Shy the yep. Almanac series with Colossal, uh-huh. it's just, he's hitting it through the roof lately, uh, I do want to play Crystal Peaks, um, like I said, I just don't know if it does anything different than Dragon Road, I, right. just, I really like the concept of it, where it's a worker placement, and depending on where you're going changes the rules on the worker placement based on where you're opening up in that book, mm-hmm. which is your game board. So it's really good game system. So I want to see how this one does, but I still haven't played it yet. Right. Our mutual friend Dom has played it. He says it's really good. Yeah, I I do want to give it a try at least. I'm checking to see how many games he has made recently. He has, under Board Game Geek, he has 173 titles. But that also includes expansions. Oh, yeah, it's also including expansions. But I'm telling you, so, he's young enough to catch up. He, he's yeah. old enough to catch or young enough to catch up to Kinesia. That's right. And uh, our number one. Number one. Most anticipated game of last year. Let's see how they do. Let's start. Yep. 
All right, so my number one most anticipated game. Surprise, surprise. I liked this game a lot by playing it. So much so, it was up there on my um, list of... Uh, I think it was actually my number one. I'll look it up here in a minute, but that's Ark Nova. Uh, again, I talked about the top of the podcast when I was talking about Endangered. I love animal games. Yep. Um, I love going to zoos. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite things to do with my wife because she really enjoys zoos and walking around and seeing the animals and stuff like that. And then there, I heard they're like, oh, yeah, we made this game. It's about zoos. And we saw it all at Gamma. And I'm like, that looks really cool. So I pre-ordered it. Yep. And I just had to wait to get it in. Got it in, learned the rules. I think we played it like a week after when it was my pick after I got it. Yep. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. I suck at the game. I still haven't been able to get the things to cross for me to get actual points in the game. Right. But I really enjoy it. I love the the cards in the game. I love the fact that it's very unique cards. And again, I'm also a sucker for engine building games, and this is yes. what it is at its heart. And you put engine building and animals on it. You're going to work a placement, engine building, all that stuff is right up there. And so this is like my second favorite mechanism. And Ark Nova, everything, what everybody has said about this game is true. This is one of the best games of the year. I could see why it shot up so high in BGG. Yep. I think it's like number four right now. It is ridiculous. I honestly, if it stays where it's go, where at its meteoric, meteoric rise that it is, I could see it on seating Gloomhaven. Yeah. Because it is, it's that good. It's very sound. <laughs> Yeah. mechanistic wise it's a very good game it's long uh it doesn't overstay its welcome like when we were talking about with diogenics but it is a long game so if you're going to play it expect to be playing it for a few hours yeah i don't think any more than four but three is a realistic time frame but arc nova yeah it was my most anticipated game and it lived up to the hype awesome my number one is a cooperative game that is oceanic themed cooperative game that's the spill the spill yeah, smirk and laughter. The spill, um, cooperative dice, dice, uh, not fun. Reverse tower defense, kind of. We, um, we were talking about the mechanism when we were talking about King of Tokyo Island. It's the kind of same thing. You're dumping yep. dice down a tower and it spreads. This one case, it's oil rather than what's going to set off the monster. Right, exactly. So it's not not so much actions. The and the only reason this is not my number one. Uh, it's my number one on this list, but the only reason it's not my most favorite game that I played all uh, of these eight, and the reason why Trekking History is higher, mm -hmm. is because it does one thing that I just don't particularly like in cooperative games, and that's a, a you, it's a four-player game. Okay. Through and through. It's a four players only. Oh, it makes you and, like a phantom player for a fourth section. Right. You, you choose what those actions are as a group. And if you're a two-player, then it's two and two. Okay. I don't like that. I um, get you. Uh, you don't. But like that's the, it. You don't like the dummy player. That's right. one of the reasons why we didn't play. Um, yes. Uh, what is it? R uh, Fury of Dracula. Yes. When it sh was just you and me, because you would, someone would have to run four characters. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just. I don't like that. I want to play my player. Yeah. Exactly. I want you to make your choices. Exactly. I'm not trying to make choices for somebody else. So mm -hmm. that, it, that's a minor quibble. That's the only reason it didn't do it. Oh, and the the animals come out in a very set pattern. I'm sure you could have just randomized it. Yeah. Um, and I I don't see why you can't randomize it. I mean, it might make it more difficult, sure, but that's honestly the point of co-ops. So I like it a lot. The spill is fantastic cooperative game. Chuck those oil dice down. You could potentially bring more oil dice come out mm -hmm. for the next player to roll 
if you need to take extra actions, which is really important, trying to get sets of animals, uh, save them, clean them up, get them ready to go. Um, you have different levels of objectives that you're trying to do because you're trying to complete certain things, get either a certain number of sets or just different variables that you choose from. It's a lot of really cool things that it does. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just that one little quibble. Quibble. That's the only thing yeah. that I had a problem with. But other than that, it's been a fantastic game. So I just looked it up. Ark Nova didn't make it all the way to my top. It was number three. It was only behind Return to Dark Tower and Final Girl, yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, that makes sense. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in to our episode. If you ever want to join us on a live episode while we're streaming live like we are today, mm-hmm. join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And you can also get, uh, if you, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. We're also, uh, all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video. And comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games uh, Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to email us directly and either say hello, give us ideas for future episodes, or even enter in possible future contests, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact with us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. Now, we're not active on Twitter like we should be, but you could still get in contact with us and we will respond. As well as when you, if you comment down below, we read all those comments and we will respond accordingly. Alright, so we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.